Hey everyone, today's Real Vision Daily Briefing is sponsored by Engrave, maker of the coldest hardware wallet, Zero, and stainless steel backup graphene. Engrave brings you the highest security in a touchscreen experience to safely manage all your crypto offline. Enjoy a 10% Real Vision discount in Engrave.io shop with the code REALVISION. Now to the top analysis of today's markets. Is a record stock rally overextended? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Tommy Thornton, founder of Hedge Fund Telemetry. Hey there, Tom. Happy Friday. Oh, my God. I'm so happy it's Friday. <laughs> I feel like we all feel like Ooh, that at the end of all of these kind, all of these weeks. But I have to set the record straight. In your note today, Tom was wondering whether we tried to shove him at the end of the week because he's a bear. And nothing could be further than the truth. We only book the people we really like for Fridays because we're heading into the weekend and some people are rolling up with drinks. Everyone's in the chat saying TGIF. So that's why we put you on Friday, Tom. I, I always get booked on other straight. channels like on you know a Friday before a three-day weekend. It's usually <laughs> how it works. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, this was a good Friday. It's a good Friday to have you on because we saw big gains, strong move in U.S. stocks, all the indices higher, Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ all up on more than 1%. Let's see. I think they're settling there. Yeah. Holding on to those gains. Um, S&P had an all-time high, tech leading the way. NASDAQ 100 also had a new high. So it's funny, Tom, because when I saw you talking about yourself as a bear, I know you're not a perma bear. So I'm imagining that you are talking about stocks. So are you, are you skeptical? Or are you bearish about this, this move we're seeing? Well, I'm in my fund, I'm, I'm net short about 30%. So I do have shorts. Um, can't say that it was a banner day for, uh, for me. My, my longs went up, which is, you know, that's gratifying, uh, but definitely had uh, a rough day. But, uh, you know, look, it's, it's, these things happen. I think we're sort of in a, market right now with uh, a lot of euphoria, a lot of FOMO, uh, some irrational moves that I think are going to be raising the bar pretty high going into earnings uh, next week and the following weeks. And we really haven't had any tech names report earnings yet. So we'll see how that goes. But you have, you know, look at, I don't have a position in NVIDIA or AMD, uh, but NVIDIA has gone up I think almost $300 billion in just like the last month. And that's about three times the revenue for they're expecting in 2025. So it's, um, you know, look, it's, it's a great company. It's really the best of the breed of AI, but it, it, it gets to a point where trading it, 32 times sales, it's just a bit much. So I, you know, we'll see if the, when that starts to roll over and it's rolled over every time they report earnings or last few times they've reported earnings, it's gone down uh, after good numbers. So we'll see if that happens again. And if that happens, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that have chased this higher. Yeah. And in fact, uh, Christopher's in the chat saying, hi, hope no one got hurt by today's face ripper. Uh, and it's, it's, it, I'm it still here. I'm still <laughs> here. Still, that's right. Everyone is, but it is, uh, you know, there, there is a lot of skepticism 
Well, actually, I should rephrase that. Um, we, we hear people sort of make the argument you made, Tom, that like, listen, this, some of these numbers, I mean, I don't care how much you like the company, they're just getting to the point where it's really hard to rationalize it. And yet we see the MAG-7, which everyone thought would roll over, kind of leading again. Does it seem like that can continue? Is that, or 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 are more stocks participating and we don't know it? What, what does the rally look like under the hood? I don't think everything's participating. And I, I, I run attribution studies and I did one today on my note uh, that people can look at on Twitter. I unlocked it. I, look, I think that you've had, you know, a huge amount of gains with the usual suspects, ex-Tesla. Tesla is down on the year and doesn't look very good heading into Wednesday's earnings. Uh, I am short Tesla still and uh, profitable uh, at that as well. And I think that the bar is extremely high. I mean, we have, I mean, the Microsoft is now, I think, I think it's the largest market cap name with just above Apple. And that's trading at 35 times earnings. Uh, I think that's extended. That's historically very high for Microsoft. You've had a lot of multiple expansion. In other words, you've had the, the P go up and you haven't really seen the E go up mm. on the PE ratio. Uh, in line with that. So I think there's still a lot of AI optimism uh, and seeing the earnings results out of that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to take time, I think, and prices are a bit overextended. And I, I look, I, I am thrilled for people that have made a lot of money in all these. That's great. I'm happy for everybody that makes money. I just think that we're getting to a point right now um, that a lot of technical indicators that I look at, um, I, for example, the S&P on a DeMarc, uh, DeMarc signal has a DeMarc countdown 13 today, which is a sell signal. That's on a weekly time frame. And the last time we got the S&P with a uh, weekly countdown 13 was at the end of 2021. On top of it, this isn't a short squeeze rally or that, People aren't really getting squeezed on the short side. Uh, the Goldman Sachs short basket over the last five days is it's down eight percent. So shorts have actually made money, and the S and P is up one point one point two percent in that same period. And so I, I think that this is a chasing type market. This is long only buying, and that sometimes occurs late in a move. Yeah. You um, you pointed out in your note, and and by the way, it's excellent if you want to go to Tom's Twitter and check it out. It's so comprehensive. It was just such a pleasure to read. Um, but you pointed out in your note something we talked about Jem, talked about with Jem Carson yes last week. Um, big options expirations happening as well. Do you feel like that is impacting the trade action this week, or is it just one factor that you're keeping an eye on? Is that influencing some of what we're seeing? Yeah, sometimes you see it like a like a after the expiration, you see uh, Delta hedges come off. Uh, you know, we really didn't, we, actually there's a covered call strategy, some ETFs that they they rolled their positions yesterday and today. And we, some of us thought that we'd see a pullback as they were selling calls against their, you know, the latest month out, uh, but no, didn't happen at all. The one thing that's been kind of weird <clears throat> excuse me, is that uh, breath hasn't been that great. 
And today, breath was negative all day until like the last half hour. And for the last three days previous, even though the market's indexes went up, uh, breath was negative. And you haven't really seen that broadening out that a lot of people towards the end of the year were really getting you know, gangbusters excited about the Russell 2000. Yeah. And the Russell is down actually for the year. I'm just looking right above on that screen. Yeah, it's it's down on the year. Oops, wrong one. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of things that are down on the year, which is crazy. They're buying basically what's worked. I mean, semiconductors for the year up 7%. They were up 3.8% today. Uh, XLK up 4% on the year, up 2.3% today. And again, IWM. Yeah. And some of the, Oliver somewhere. pointing out, some of the semi action came after right Taiwan semiconductor reported uh, yeah. SMCI. They increased guidance. They, you know, so there was some positive actual news that seemed like they got people excited again. Yeah. The Russell's down 4% on the year. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have been telling us they're watching that. And if you don't get confirmation in that, it's it, it 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 rallied today, but it hasn't been participating on some of these days when you've had the other indices higher. Yeah. You've, uh, so you've I had know that's more, a concern. Yeah. You've had more stocks in the S&P year to date down and, and it's not even close. I mean, it's really like, like 175 up and the rest down and the Russell, it's like 400 up and the rest down, the Russell 2000, the rest down. Uh, the NASDAQ 100 is almost like 50-50 up and down. So you really you really haven't seen like this huge participation. You have the mega cap names. You have an Apple yesterday got an upgrade. And I, I think Apple's having a tough, tough time right now. They have they've had three quarters in a row of negative growth, or really the phone, iPhone's really not selling that well. And this last note really got all the bulls excited and it just jammed it right back up. And I'm, I am short Apple and uh, it didn't feel good, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to hold it short going into the earnings because they don't really have a needle moving uh, product in 2024, nor does Tesla for that matter. So I think that you're probably going to see more price cuts um, with the iPhone. You started to see some price cuts in China. I wouldn't doubt to see some price cuts on the iPhone in the U.S. Um, and it may be sort of disguised with carrier subsidies as well. So I, I think that it's like you've had a lot of multiple expansion. Uh, but again, we really need to see more of the E rather than the P. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. I think we all know by now. Things are pretty fucked out there, for most of us. You see, whether it's currency debasement, rising real estate prices, or wages that never go up, it's really hard. And one of the most popular things we ever did was that series, How to Unfuck Your Future. So we're going to do it again, March 11th, March 22nd. We'll discuss the problems at hand, no holes barred, and then we'll give you all the tips you need to unfuck your future. It just costs a dollar to join Real Vision to get access to all of this content. Go to realvision.com forward slash the future. I'll see you there. Let's unfuck your future together. Yeah, you, you included a couple of charts from Bank of America's global fund manager survey that I thought we thought were really interesting. And one of them 
uh, was a list of the most crowded trades. And not surprisingly, <laughs> the Magnificent Seven <laughs> is still sitting right at the top. Were you surprised to see that? Or is it just, again, everyone just piling into what's working? Uh, it's been that way for the last few months and uh, and and actually all last year. But it's it's getting it gets to a point when these get so crowded that you, you really run out of people uh, to buy. And, and if earnings don't keep up and you see these growth rates, I mean, look, in December, we saw a few really notable tech companies like Oracle, Adobe, uh, fall down. And those are sort of AI plays. They really just didn't have the earnings to keep their stock momentum going. So, you know, it could be a, a big sell the news type of thing with some of these tech names. Yeah. Uh, so are you, when you look at that, you mentioned that you're short Apple. So are you just steering clear of tech because you worry about it being overextended and, and too crowded, the trades, or are you actively shorting? A lot of tech stocks. Oh, I'm I'm short I'm short some tech stocks. Um, again, I've, I've avoided a, a few of the ones that have you know gone nuts, and I, I'm not, I'm not in Microsoft. I'm not in in uh, oh I'm in Apple, uh, but not in the semis right now. That's not mm -hmm. something I'm I'm in. But I think those are getting extended. XLK, which is the semi or the uh, tech ETF. That also has a weekly combo and sequential sell countdown 13. And the last time we had that as well was towards the end of 2021. So those indicators are more intermediate term in nature. So you could have a bit of wiggle room on the upside. And then eventually we we start to see those fall off. And, you know, look, I, I think that the other thing I've, I've, I talked about is the Fed. And I don't think the Fed is going to come out and be as dovish or, I mean, it'd be kind of silly to do that as dovish as they were in December. I think they're going to be a lot more on the hawkish tilt and really uh, throwing cold water on the, the, you know, the rate cut for March. I think that you're already starting to see the expectations for March to go lower. And it just makes really no sense to me when you have a really strong labor market, uh, you know, that, that's going to stay strong, I think, for a few more months. And I, I think when you see inflation sort of stalling at these levels here, uh, it, it's not, you know, we're not at the, the target rate yet. And having mm -hmm. the stock market go up, that's inflationary. That will keep the labor market strong as well. So I think that that you really need to see economic weakness for the Fed to get involved or some sort of market dislocation, which I think you've had, you know, the markets get excited for any sort of downtick in inflation or economic weakness, which we really haven't seen much. Uh, so I think that there's going to come a point where the, the bad news actually turns into bad news. And I'm, we're not there yet, but uh, that's yeah. something that happens in the cycle. I want, I want to throw two other two other charts from that same survey that you included. And one was the what people are expecting, what the managers are expecting from the economy, the US economy. And the majority of them say no recession. The fund managers think that we're going to see, it's at the record high for rates. Uh, they expect rates to go lower. And yeah. I, I mean, I, maybe- They expect rates to go lower. They think there's no recession. 
and they acknowledge that the Fed's the biggest mover. There's something contradictory in there. Well, right. The, I mean, if there's the, if there's no recession, yeah. there's no reason for the cut, Fed to cut rates. Um, well, why not? As some people will say, well, why not? Yes, you but, know, just cut rates. Preemptively, um, they're going to preemptive. It seems like they're sort of bending the narrative around that, though. Although, and I will say, by the way, with the no recession, there's plenty of stats for everyone to grab onto because we saw consumer sentiment really strong today from the University of Michigan. But we also saw December home sales slumping to close out the worst year since 1995. So there's a little bit for everybody still in this data, which I think is is making it difficult. Yeah, just a just a note. I did buy a house in um, in 1995. I did actually, and it was a very good price that I I more than doubled my money on. Um, not too long <laughs> after, but uh, that was uh, yeah. You're not so still I, in that I, house, are I you? I want to buy in the, that type of thing, but look, house prices aren't you know a bad housing market because. People are stuck with um, stuck in their houses because they have the fortunate um, benefit of having a very low interest rate. Uh, so that that's that's good. The Fed has to, or the Treasury has to issue about two trillion dollars more of. They have yeah, the huge amount of issuance. The Fed has two trillion dollars more over last year's issuance. Uh, and that's you know two trillion that that's a big number. I mean, for you know a couple people in, on Real Vision, you know that's like you know odd lot, but I, that's a lot. And I think that's going to keep rates elevated. And I don't think that you're going to see the three percent ten year yield. I think I mean anything is possible. I mean I guess, but I, I think that it would be really sort of strange for that to happen uh, unless. And if you get the soft landing, I don't think three percent's coming, uh, and you've got this extra, you know, trillion, two trillion in issuance that's coming. I, I just think that rates are going to stay higher. The deficit's real high, really, really high. Uh, Warren Pies, who I am a big fan of, mentioned uh, he put a, a tweet out last week showing the GDP or the GDP versus um, the deficit has never been. It's never been at these levels if we go into a recession. And usually when you go into a recession, there's a lot of firepower with the government stimulus yeah. and the Fed. And I don't think they really have the firepower. And you can cut rates, but I think really it's gonna take uh, QE again to do that. And the Fed's balance sheet is still you know, crazy elevated. I don't think they have the, you know, the COVID type firepower that they had and even if they cut rates, sometimes there's a lag effect, as we know. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a lot of people that will say, well, if they're cutting rates, I'm going to hold off on purchasing a house or this and that and wait for rates to go lower. Yeah. But I'm not sure that's necessarily going to go that way. Yeah. And if, if we, you know, you, in history, you always have a soft landing narrative. There's always a soft landing, always a soft landing. and we talked about it last time that, you know, a lot of people are saying it's like 1995. I just don't see that because in 1995, the Fed started cutting rates. Things were really starting to, you know, you know, soften in the equity markets. Uh, you also had a peace dividend with Soviet Union was out of business. Well, and we're certainly, certainly moving in the opposite direction on the geopolitical front. <laughs> there's, you can't think of a time and there's less chance of, of anything looking like a peace dividend anywhere. 
Yeah, I mean, look, and I, that's another concern. I mean, there's lots of catalysts that are sort of out there in the horizon that that if they start to heat up, things could get really, you know, dangerous. And I think the market being at these peaky type levels, um, it's like a it's like a, a balloon. Okay, so the bigger you the balloon gets, the thinner the membrane is of the balloon, and just the slightest little thing popping it could uh, really derail stuff that's happening and that what we've just had and you know sometimes when the when it's the bubble or the balloon is sort of not fully you know blown up it's thicker and it can handle some of the negatives out there yeah but we're sort of priced to perfection here with the equity markets they're not cheap uh the leaders are not cheap and they're extended and I, I also in my note, I, I showed some internals that are starting to slip. They're starting to turn down. And when you start to see internals start to weaken uh, and equity prices remain high, that's a sign of a very narrow based market. So I, I think there's still risk there. You know, we really haven't seen anything, you know, everybody's going to look at the equity market and, you know, the Drudge Report has, you know, stocks at all time highs. You know, take that for what it is with a sentiment uh, read right there. Uh, it gets everybody feeling pretty good. People put money into the market. Oh, it's at new highs. They're breaking out. You know, I've got a lot of signals that I use that show exhaustion, and those have worked fairly well over the years for me and a lot of other people. So I think it's um, it's it's a it's a place where you don't want to get too far over your skis with your exposure. Um, if you have gains, don't get you know don't lever yourself up and go nuts and say oh, I'm. It's S and P is going to go to fifty five hundred or five thousand or whatever. I mean, we're already at a lot of the strategist price targets for the end of the year, and it's you know the middle of January, so you know it's a long year. So we have a lot to watch. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Ah, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. So a uh, couple great questions or comments in here. Uh, Oliver's is ex- along the lines of what I was going to ask because we talking, we're talking a lot about the sort of risks you see and the things you don't like. So where are the op- what's the opportunity? Tommy's saying, what sectors or stocks? Sorry, Oliver's saying, Tommy, what sectors or stocks do you see doing well in 2024? What do you like here? Good question. Um, I, I do think energy, you know, you've had, you've had a really actually a good opportunity to buy a lot of the energy stocks lower. I think there's still uh, 2024. We'll still see a lot of consolidation. Uh, I, you know, getting, you know, you'll see announcements getting it through the, uh, uh, the, the government uh, approvals. Another thing I was long uh, us steel. That was, I've been talking about that for months. I was long as my largest position and that got bought out. I, I, told everybody, I said, I am selling this thing immediately on any sort of deal news. And I did at the highs, 
which I was very happy about. That sort of made my December. Uh, but I think that energy still has a consolidation to happen. Uh, those will probably get pushed through and they'll probably, you know, work. Um, I, I think that as much as everybody hates China and Chinese stocks, I think Alibaba trading at, you know, about eight times earnings is really a good value right here. And it's one of those things where instead of saying what could go wrong, which I think a lot has gone wrong and I haven't been really bullish on China for a long, long time. I was actually short a lot of China stuff. I think it's actually getting to a place where you can own Alibaba. It's, the revenues are 10 times today what they were when they went through their IPO and the stock's lower than when they debuted with their IPO. And um, Yeah, that's been moving less on fundamentals and more on the fact that G's not interested in seeing pro, you know, the whole government crackdown, right? Are you... Does that factor into how you think, or is it you think that all that is priced in already? No, I can't say it's all priced in. There's risks, of course. Because that's you the know, risk, the, right? That's nothing to yeah, do I with mean, your look, business outlook. It, anytime you buy something, I mean, the, the risk is that you, you're buying something that's in an oversold or an overbought market, um, and it's an oversold stock. Uh, you run the risk, and you know anything can come out of China with, uh, you know, from the government that sort of poo-poos any sort of rally. But I, I do think that they're interested in, they're, they're getting less uh, restrictive on some things. I mean, they just came out with a, a ban on some uh, game, you know, gaming stuff. And then that was quickly reversed, which sort of gave me a, a hint that perhaps the government is trying not to be as so restrictive to some of these companies because they see the, the risk yeah. there too, because they may have to lay off people, which it's a communist country and that's, you know, that's illegal. They need growth. So that's the, that's the counter to that. By the way, Peter Bookfar is in the chat. Hi, Peter. And he says, Tommy, my call in the beginning of the year, which is very wrong as of today, is that the Hang Seng would outperform the S&P this year. Yeah, it's, it's a little early, but uh, it, you know, year over year, it's down, well, 29% and it's down a nice 10% um, so far year to date. So nothing's really changed there. I still think it's early in the year and, you know, we'll see if China comes out with a stimulus, which I, I think is totally possible ahead of their new year mm -hmm. in the next few weeks. And, you know, they, I, I again, I think these are cheap and I've seen also a lot of interesting uh, call spreads in FXI and some other uh, big trades that are sort of going out out there. And and again, what could go right? You know, any any little bit of good news in this sector and or country uh, could could take these things higher. And uh, I don't think it's going to take much. And there's still there's still a fair amount of shorts involved. I was just going to well. say and, what we, we talked about the crowd. Most crowded trade is long the Mag 7. The second most crowded trade is short China in that survey, yeah. right? Yeah. Look, I'm a contrarian, so if they're short, you know, I, I may be short the Mag Seven um, completely soon and um, be long China because again, everything's priced really extreme in the Mag Seven except Tesla and uh, China. Nobody likes it, so there's 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 that you know possibility that we can get this you know sort of you know this change and and China was actually really on the Bank of America fund manager survey, 
uh, it was well liked at one point last year that that people mm -hmm. thought that this was gonna this was gonna work. So it's a uh, it's it's a work in progress. Let's see what happens. It's not tomorrow or you know Monday for for everybody, uh, but I think that over the year, I think it could be uh, something that can um, that can work. Uh, George pointing out Year of the Dragon, by the way, in China. Um, we were we went down the rabbit hole, Brian, Super Mario, and I, the other day on Year of the Dragon and trying to figure out there's also all sorts of elements that go with that, depending what your year is. So um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, G Blackburn asking a question. How about a catalyst for non-U.S. stocks? The value differential is extreme. He wasn't, uh, G, you weren't identifying which non-U.S. We just talked China. So maybe let's assume it's Europe, Tommy. How are you looking at a catalyst or thoughts about non-U.S. stocks? Well, Europe is similar to the U.S. and it's had you know quite a big run, and and that's actually pulled back uh, somewhat uh, so far this year. And I, I look, I think they're sort of in the same, hoping that the ECB cuts and Christine Lagarde sort of threw cold water on that. Uh, looking towards the summer, some of the other ECB officials have have pushed back on on rate cuts as well. And I look, I I've been in the camp that you're going to see higher for longer uh, with the Fed, and that's actually been right. You've had the Fed basically not do anything for uh, quite a while, and you know we'll see what happens in Europe. But look, I think Europe European stocks and many of them have been you know cheaper than what you have here in the US and, but look, overwhelmingly uh, foreign investors are are also long US as well. I mean, it's been, you know, clearly the best markets to be in and, and most liquid and some of the best companies. Uh, what um, are you looking at all? We have a quick question. We get the question all the time now, especially in light of the news that just happened. Are you looking at a uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin or Ethereum? I know you're not usually in that, no, but no, I, I I look at it and and I post uh, every morning. I post the chart of Bitcoin. I posted a chart of Ethereum today. Uh, Ethereum has a Demarc uh, sequential sell countdown um, just from the other day, and uh, I look. I I think I think it really comes down to. Um, Bitcoin holding 40,000. I think sometimes you look at a big round number and is unscientific and, um, you know, seemingly as it is, I think if you broke that number, you're going to have a lot of people talk about it like, oh, they broke 40,000. I mean, I don't think that uh, the big catalyst of the ETFs have, has worked out so well. And I, have, I, I actually thought that it could be more of a sign of a, a topping uh, place. I, I thought that for Coinbase, which has definitely, you know, moved lower. I mean, Coinbase is going to make maybe less than 10 basis points as the custodian for the BlackRock ETF. And if 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 you think about how small amount of money that is that they're going to make on that, plus the cannibalization uh, for people that are going to leave Coinbase and just trade the ETF at their normal brokerage account. Um, I, I think it's uh, you know it's a difficult time for Coinbase. Mm. So as we close out, Tom, uh, what do you what what's sort of top of mind for you? You're you're you know you're watching today was tough because tech ripped and you feel like it's overextended. Is it going to be earnings? I mean, we know that 
fund managers think that it's all about the Fed. So maybe it's econ data, but are you going to be looking for any particular earnings? What, what What's sort of key for you? you? Know, I I do a lot of earnings trades and I look, I, I do earnings previews on a bunch of stocks and I look at the charts of the, the stocks and I look at the short interest data as well as the put call ratios. And a lot of times um, I, I will be focused on looking for I'll buy stocks if there's heavy shorting or heavy put buying. Uh, if there's heavy short interest, uh, if I see the positioning is off sides, for example, I I, I shorted uh, Discover Financial this this week um, ahead of earnings, and it went down I think you know 10% after. You had a lot of call buying. The stock was up huge going into the numbers. Um, so you know sometimes when you get offside, people off sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bar has to be very, you know, it's it's very, it gets higher, and it, and it went down a lot, partly because they they did have some squishy earnings and metrics that you know the market didn't like. So yeah, earnings are going to be really important. I think Tesla's earnings are going to be challenged. I think they're going to lower guidance for their deliveries. Uh, the current consensus is for 2.2 million cars to be delivered in in 2024. I think that's overly optimistic. They just barely came in at the 1.8 million. They keep cutting prices across every country. And it gets to a point where when your average price is down 30%, it's going to hit your margins. And I think earnings are still way too high. I mean, they have earnings that just continue to you know, be ratcheted down by analysts. And I mean, by more than half of where they started last year. And, you know, they still have optimism out there. But look, if if Tesla breaks 200, I think that it's got it's going to lose some of the faithful that have mm-hmm. been in this. And they're going to start to realize that uh, hey, maybe um, maybe it is going to be a tougher year. Wow. You're always you're always brave taking on the Tesla bulls, Tommy. Love it. I, and, and beware. Look, I, I'm, I'm happy when people make money on the long side. I, yeah. I have my own, you know amount that I trade and, uh, you know, they, they have cool cars and that's great. Um, I, I just think that, uh, the demand is weakening and, you know, besides, you know, an erratic CEO and, um, you know, 10 different regulatory and criminal investigations that are happening, which that's not based on my, why I'm short, but it's, it's basically just comes down to demand and the valuation. Yeah. Always does. Has to, right? Tom, we were so happy to have you on this Friday. Well, uh, thanks for having me. I, I always love coming on and chatting with you. And um, I hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Uh, it is snowing here in Connecticut. And I hope... Uh, I oh, somebody home was okay. asking, by the way, Gabrielle's or Gabriella's best steakhouse ever in Greenwich. Uh, Are you with that one? It, it, it's okay. I mean, it, no, it's, it's fine. It's just, it's a little, I don't really go out to like some of those, you know, uppity type places, but, uh, you know, if, if there's a sell side broker that wants to take me out for uh, a dinner, you know, on his, there you uh, go. What's your company fa- credit what's your card, place? I'm, I think it's great. What's your favorite place in Greenwich? Uh, well, I, I, I'd rather eat at home. My wife's a fantastic chef, but, uh, lucky man. My favorite place right now, I like a, a sushi bar called Hanoki, and um, it's it's good. 
All right. I'm not sure who posted it. I think it might have been Ralph or Paul, but um, we'll see if they'll trade in steak for sushi. But if you're if you're going through Greenwich, try to check that out. Um, yeah. Tom, next time, Tom's going to roll up with his new puppy, which we're super excited about. Yeah. So I, I, if if you see my my uh, my fleece has like it's a little shedding <laughs> that's going on. I'm, I'm get long lint rollers. You long know, those lint are rollers. Gonna yes. Go, those are going to go big time at the Thornton house. I love it. Um, we could all use the stress relief of an adorable puppy face. So, so make sure you do that. Uh, bring them as your date next time, Tom. I will. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, everyone. Um, I am traveling and working next week, uh, but Ash is going to be in the hot seat. We've got some great stuff coming up. It is education week still, actually education month, macro education week. So we're going to have some really great programming around that. Um, because you got to be paying attention to both worlds of crypto and macro. They're intersecting. So we did crypto this week, macro next week. And as we just talked about, it's pretty damn confusing. So we all need some help. So we're going to hear from some experts on that. And then as we've been telling you all week, um, we are giving away free NFTs to all new members. The pre-mint is open. Mint starts Jan 25, runs to Feb 1. To be eligible, you have to have a freemium account. Go to realvision.com forward slash free RVNFT and sign up. Enjoy, everybody. We'll be back next week. Take care. Hey, everybody. Today's Real Vision Daily Briefing is sponsored by Engrave, maker of the coldest hardware wallet, Zero, and stainless steel backup graphene. Engrave brings you the highest security in a touchscreen experience to safely manage all your crypto offline. Enjoy a 10% Real Vision discount in engrave.io shop with the code RealVision.